Hello folks, Tyler here. We're looking to do a big surge on iTunes. We really want to push the old iTunes, you know, get us up the charts a bit, because I know you lot are lovely and supporting all over. Um, so if you fancy it, you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. And while you're there, make sure to leave a five-star review and a couple of lovely words as well, just to, uh, you know, help us up a bit more and get that extra bit of support. Thank you very much. Come to Uncle Mo's for family fun. It's good, 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 good. Mmm, sounds good. Hello, and welcome to Uncle Mo's Family Feedback, where we look through the dizzying highs, the terrifying lows, and the creamy middles of The Simpsons seasons 1 to 12 through random episode generation. I'm, of course, your host, Tyler McRae, and joining with me, as always, is my co-host there, although, um, to borrow a song from Fallout 4 and you know, Dion and the Belmonts, he's the rambler. The wandering rambler. He roams around and round and round, all along the Yorkshire Dales and the districts there. Cow, um, how are we doing? <laughs> I'm good. See, when you first said that, I thought you were saying more about uh, how much I ramble on the, this podcast. But no, I, I, I do enjoy a good walk in the peaks as well. But yeah, I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm really well. It's pretty much a same old, same old for me as far as um work and then other projects and. I've uh, finally bought House Flipper, boys and girls and uh, folks. Um, it's I'll tell you what, you got to play it at the right when you're in the right sort of mood to do so, because otherwise it's like, oh, I've got to plaster all these fucking walls just to do this, and then you can't like level up just yet until you do a lot more plastering in order to make it a lot quicker there. But I finally get to, you know, become a you know, Kevin McLeod there. I get to be. A sake bastard about oak and uh, you know certain pea green paint. I could do it in real life. In fact, I'm doing it in real life, so I can't seem to escape this um, hellish sort of maze with um, doing up a flat and then doing up fictional flats and family bedrooms. There, I just can't escape the all the horribly coloured walls are <laughs> closing in, Cal. But how um how are you dealing with yourself this week? Doing good, same old really. Um... Obviously, the pubs have finally opened up in uh, in the UK as of recording. Um, I, you know, I don't. I think we were discussing before the podcast, weren't we? How we'd neither of us really want to be part of the, uh, the second wave, specifically. So, I've kind of been avoiding that. Um, keep, you know, just keep them to myself and just studying Simpsons for this massive, amazing Wikipedia article I'm going to write. As I've recorded as well, there's been quite a big changing uh simpsons obviously with um no no further people of color being played by white actors and such like that which is obviously quite a fantastic move forward mm. yeah Whether what's your uh brief uh, opinions on it is on it is this the right way to go should they have done it from you know day dot what are your thoughts they can't well you can't really say they should have just done it from day dot because obviously with hindsight it's an amazing thing and obviously yeah they should have probably given the option of being able to do that but um you know no times better than than the present i don't know how they're gonna do it i don't know how whether or not they're just they've already got people in mind or if it's just gonna be a gradual thing and just not really have people of color on the simpsons just for a little bit i don't know i don't mean that in a kind of like racist way i mean it more in the like whilst to get things sorted and you know get the new cast and such like that um i've seen a few people on facebook doing impressions and such like that um some better than others some of them just kind of all sound like the same character whilst what i've found as well is it's more like the characters who've got more distinct deeper voices so like the judge and hibbert they're and lou they tend to be the best ones whilst like um when it comes to like carl and such like that uh not as good but you know that's it's an impression end of the day um that'd get better what have you found uh, you know what, what's your opinion on it all i'm glad it's happening now i wish it could have done oh, um not from the start because obviously no one not no one knew any better but we seem to be just oblivious to it and you know willing to go along with it but like if it happened a few years before would have been better but they're doing it now amongst all the BLM stuff, so I'm quite chuffed with that. And it'll give um, you know, prominent up and coming uh, people of colour actors, um, voice actors even, um, good what, work. So what are they actually going to be doing with um, 
with the poop? Has anything been? Are they bringing him back? Because I know they've retired it for a bit. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised if they just bring him back and he's voiced by a, a genuine Indian fellow. But um, yeah, they're always saying, "Oh, we've retired him." They're not featuring, but then they will just have him back for one episode or one joke or to make some uh, shallow point and have Lisa look at the camera in a pissed off way. So I, I honestly couldn't tell you, but I'm, mm. I'm intrigued to find out via Twitter and uh, from the office itself. Because I think majority, I think the main issue with it is, is it was more like a stereotype than anything. But and then I think even the guy who made that documentary, uh, he even said like he didn't want them to just cancel everything you know and, and get rid of him they did want him to have a chance of being a better character really more than anything the episode we're going to be reviewing today is raging abe simpson and his grumbling grandson in the curse of the flying hellfish this is from season seven episode 22 um so say the 150th episode overall as well uh, directed by jeffrey lynch written by jonathan collier with the original air date being april the 28th 1996 and the couch gag is um, the family sits on the couch and Homer notices a plug in the middle of the floor and everyone gets sucked down the drain there. Now, I feel like I don't really have to ask, but I must do, as the laws of the podcast. Uh, you got any nostalgic memories or you know, first thoughts on this one? Um, I I can't remember remember the first time watching it. I know it's, it's just one of those kind of classic episodes which I don't really think gets as much light as it deserves, in my opinion. Um. Uh, you know, I think it is kind of forgotten about, and then the the only real reason why why we kind of did this episode in general, you know, I, so from time to time to kind of lift the curtain a little bit, um, we uh, it, sometimes we just choose an episode, which I think is just kind of was kind of understandable from time to time. And if I we've just, had a run of shite, then by all means we need a, we need to pick me up. Yeah, exactly. Um, so usually what uh what happens is i'll you know we, we say is there any specific episode or anything like that um i looked through disney plus and saw this episode and i thought you know what i hadn't seen that episode in, in a while it's quite from my memory it's quite a good episode um and it is it's it's a very good episode it's 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 very well wrote it's very well paced the character development's good I mean, uh, it kind of shows you know maybe all the rumblings of of uh grandpa aren't always you know nonsense but what's your opinions on it well my opinions are um well it's i found it really good when i was younger and it's even it's great now as well um as far as like initial memories and that i don't have any i can't remember the first time watched it, but i want to say the second time i would have been 12 or 13 and then i sort of drew comparisons and i thought certain like moments in this um were from other bits of media or games that i was playing at the time that um i will happily um drop in when it, the moment shines there but i've never really had a bad word to say about this and i'll get into more about how like i see a lot of um abe simpson or the positives of abe simpson as I do in my uh granddad as well hmm. we kick off this episode with um you know springfield elementary school there and it's welcome grandparents uh afternoon evening what have you all the town's kids got the grandparents in there. You get to see a nice sort of cast of characters and really aged up versions of the kids there from the design. And um, Abe Simpson's there with Bart. And, um, oh, I mean, what way to start there. I mean, I can't really complain about spitting because of um, you know, my nasal problems and that there. But just seeing Grandpa just spit anywhere and then later going like, oh, come on, spit in this drawer. Like, oh, they get the fully on point there, but... Oh, it just had me creasing a bit, Cal. <laughs> I think that's the bit I'm looking forward to in life, where you just kind of stop giving a shit, and like you can just do whatever you want. I think my dad always used to say, for some reason, it was 55 or 56. I think he said because traditionally you're, you know, you're pushing towards retirement. Um, your kids have all moved out. And you can just kind of start giving a uh, stop giving a fuck and just do whatever you want. We start off with um one senior citizen. It's um Millhouse's granddad there, and I was thinking, oh, is this um you know Luana or is this Kirk's dad? And then the senior went, oh, you know, whatever you kids ever drove your home, and I was like, oh, it's bang on Kirk there. <sighs> and I'm just thinking, is he as like pathetic as Kirk? And 
it doesn't seem to be, but when you say, you know, someone, you know, oh, you know, I'm not Superman, oh, I own an RV. And he goes, me and the new wife, which makes me think, so like, have they found him insufferable, pathetic as well, that he's just had multiple wives, or maybe he's left, led to um, mail order stuff, just opens a whole load of questions now, and I never would have thought that um, when I was a lot younger, but well, yeah, I mean, it's just really fun seeing, uh, seeing Kurt, Kirk aged up. Kurt's mum is in it, isn't she? She's in an episode when they, uh, where Bart's soul, I believe. Yes, that's uh, it. And she's living in Capital City. So, you know, she obviously looks more deprived and older kind of thing. I think it is a good thing as it kind of shows these characters, especially like their, their grandparents, are more kind of comparable to themselves. Like you've got Nelson's granddad, he's like a, a judge, and he sentences 47th person to death and everyone cheers. Yes, all he does is convict. <laughs> That's horrible. You're right, it's very fitting with Nelson just admiring like, oh, you know, he's just lawful chaotic there he's just willing to sentence any man you know guilty or innocent then that goes on very well with his bullying method and in between this Abe's complaining you know oh Van Hooten if you slipped in the shower in your RV that thing would be your tomb <laughs> and then, um, what does he complain about with uh, Nelson's granddad I can't remember you're living in a fool's paradise Van Hooten if you fell down in the shower, that thing would be your tomb. Yeah, well, I may not have a fancy black bathrobe and a hammer like Snooty, but I do have slippers and an oatmeal spoon. Look! Bart, perhaps your grandfather would like to come up front now and give someone else a chance to interrupt? Oh, please, no. About time, nuthead. Ah! Look at it! <laughs> it's just so full of venom and anger, just no one's paying attention to him and... Like, he automatically sasses Cabrapples as well. It, where does he grab that spoon from? It reminds me of the, it, the bit where... Um, has to be. I can't remember which episode it is specifically. But... Uh, <laughs> um, fucking Abe pulls his pants from his... Uh, is it... It was the Itch and Scratchy one. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we did that yeah. one. And he's just like, how did you do that? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> Crabapple's trying to, you know, hang on with the tiny bit of thread that's been given. And, you know, maybe your grandfather wants to come up. And Abe relishes and it's like, about time not, then. And gives her a little <laughs> slap with the oatmeal spoon there. And he goes straight up. Um, he's full of piss and vinegar. But, um, again, um, like my granddad's nowhere near got any of the negative aspects of Abe Simpson. But this is very much like... <laughs> reminiscent of my actual dad there just like oh, if no one's paying attention to him he's just gonna get overly aggressive and just shout hey you're paying attention hey listen <laughs> and he just starts going off on one doesn't he Cal yeah. yeah so obviously this this episode is very like grandparent heavy and such like that you've obviously uh, you've mentioned your granddad a few times on this uh, on the podcast and stuff like that and you've got quite a good relationship with him um you know what type of granddad is he to yourself? Is he, you know, is he funny? Does he, is he a storyteller like Abe, or is he, um, is a bit of a bullshitter? Or oh, um, he's an absolute storyteller there, and I mean, he used to give me fresh stories until, well, before he hit ninety, pretty much. Now it's you know Sky News, or recycle it every half hour and that. But you know, you just deal with it because that's just the part of life he's at. Very much storyteller. Not really a big drinker, but um, he actually got me into the old spice rum before I went into uni there. Lovely mix with a rum and lemonade and that. And obviously, like a lot of people that have lived at that time through that war and at that age, you know, they're not going to believe and be, you know, very liberal in their thoughts mm. there. As, you know, the people that age aren't going to change, and I'm aware of that. And But overall, he's a genuine sweetheart in that now I feel like if I ask you how's your granddad um, please don't let it be like bitterly <laughs> tragic um, yeah my so my granddad was uh, Charles Mason uh, uh, Manson he even uh, put that joke up now um, two of my so one of my granddads died about maybe about ten uh, maybe not as long as that actually a couple of years ago uh, I think four or five years ago um, he was funny. He looked like the granddad from um, 
fr- uh, from Charlie and Chocolate Factory, uh, the benefits scrounger. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> tax avoiding Grandpa Joe. Uh, <laughs> I saw a meme. Oh, cool. I saw a meme actually. I don't know if it. I think it was on Bart posting. Uh, Bart posting. Sorry, where he uh, where he goes. It's Lionel Hutz, and he goes. People may l- look at me and think that I'm disabled, but. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yeah, he he was um, he was very funny. He was very good. He didn't really he didn't really he wasn't really much of a storyteller. He was very kind of like no nonsense kind of thing. Not in a in a way that it was goofy. He was very goofy. He taught me how to gamble as well. Very young, early on, play a lot of card games and stuff. And um, but he always he he was he was always really nice. And he so is like regardless if you've seen, if you've seen you like last week or or six years ago it talked to you like you saw you yesterday kind of thing it was very good oh, um, whilst my other granddad who's, who's still alive um, he's he, fortunately he does have Alzheimer's at the moment um, at the moment like he's gonna get better um, he was he's he, he's traditionally very grumpy um, not in a kind of, like you could tell he, he was a bit of a shorter man but he was a bit um you could tell he he was a bit no nonsense and was like, obviously, could easily kick the ass of everyone. I remember once we were driving because he's got a motorhome actually, um, and he <laughs> uh, we were driving near where he used to live with his second wife. It isn't uh, Van Houten, <laughs> I swear. <laughs> no, oh, phew. Um, but she uh, we were driving around where they used to live and someone got thrown at the uh, caravan at the uh, motorhome to which she pulled up really quickly and ran out bear in mind he walks with a walking stick and stuff and he's not the, hot, the fittest of men sort of looking into the field like he was going to fucking beat shit he's also a compulsive bullshitter and he used to tell like funny stories and stuff like that all the time which we always used to like lap up same as my other granddad my, like, my other granddad used to say bear in mind he's got more grandkids he's got about 12, 13 I think maybe a bit more um, he always he, they always lived in the same house um, and they had like a, like a, a bush thing at the top of it like it was just a collection of different plants and stuff once accidentally uh, grew weed as well by accident um, or by accident supposedly but there's a lot of weed dealers where he used to live and we think the, we used to just watch sometimes we'd just watch him out, uh, through the kitchen window get raided by the police and so, <laughs> oh, um, what pastime! Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I don't know if it was just a bird. How he told it was a bird just kind of must have got a seed or something like that and planted it in the garden. Um, that's how he said it, but you know, we haven't seen him for a few years, so maybe he didn't die. And <laughs> got arrested, um, but it, but he used to say at the top of the bush there was a tiger living there, so you can't go near it, and it was obviously. Coming to think of it now, speaking out, it may be trying to like hide from his weed plants, but um, it was just obvious to keep him away from the bushes and stuff. And it turned out he used to tell everyone that <laughs> that story. Uh, the other one, he had like a mark on his leg. Uh, well, he had two marks: one on one on his right leg, on, on the outside of the leg, and then one on um, the inside. And uh, he it looks like he'd been shot, and he, he's you know he, he was a marine and stuff like that back in his day. Um, and he he, <laughs> he used to tell us that he got shot through one leg into the other, and it came up his bloodstream and out of his ear, and he popped it out, and and we'd just be like, well that doesn't make sense. He was like, well why have I got the marks? And he'd be like, well shit, no he's right, like he does have the marks. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Like he told my brother he trained the A team. And my brother believed him till he was fifteen. Um, just, just, just shit like that all the time. Just, you know, just dumb stuff like that all the yeah. time. It's funny, like you know, he used to do this weird thing with because he had false teeth, where he just used to like drop them out and stuff like that at random occasions. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> what to shit people up? Yeah, keep them on the toes. Yeah. Or, <laughs> Or he used to like just pull weird faces and he's like if you're annoying him you're going granddad, 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 granddad and eventually he'd turn around and just like he'd have his he'd look at you and his teeth would just drop out his jaw and stuff like that. <laughs> oh, what a guy. Brilliant. Abe Simpson's up now. Um he starts with a great story about Now my story begins in nineteen tickety two. 
We had to say dickity, cause the Kaiser had stolen our word 20. I chased that rascal to get it back, but gave up after dickity six miles. <laughs> dickity, highly dubious. What are you cackling at, fatty? Too much pie, that's your problem. Now, I'd like to digress from my prepared remarks to discuss how I invented the turlet. Turlet? See, that's another thing with my granddad is he um, well, one of my well, one of the most famous things he said to this little boy who before my time cause I've got like a brother and sister who's like ten years older. It was really annoying, and he goes, "You don't like children, Mister Savage, do you?" And he looks at it, and he went, um, "Oh no, I don't, I, it's not that I don't like him. I just I won't be able to finish a full one, but for you, I'd make an exception." <laughs> which <laughs> shut him up straight away we're back at Evergreen Terrace now and Bart is just saying oh you know he even thinks he's the one that turned cats and dogs against each other like oh, why Why is he such a fool you know why is he you know, being this big old giddy man and they're just thinking oh we'll stick him in a different home you know one where he can't get out but no you're like, you've got to respect old people there you know they're old and sage and wise you can't just funnel them off somewhere and Homer just starts ticking off the best things about being a pensioner um, wearing pants up to your armpits there gold bond spray um, you know, free bus rides and oh, he's really selling it to me I'm just um, counting down the days Cal till I can get my reduced um, travel fare and bus pass and tram stamp or whatever you want what do you think about uh, the perks of pensioners are you looking forward to it oh yeah massively It'll, I'll finally be the age where I'll match my personality of just being a grumpy bastard like, I I really am looking forward to it like when I, when, when do they start having the perks then I'm trying to think when the bus pass 60 summer I think 62 I think you get it before you retire I, I believe a lot of people I found are like offended by it more than anything but it's free fucking travel <laughs> yeah why do you turn your nose up to that we then cut to uh, grandpa you know living his pretty sweet life um, yeah they just get over the fact that he's this man alone and not being able to talk to anyone or no one wants to talk to him he's getting these depressing um, junk mails cow walk don't run to Larry's cane store you know live tomorrow as a commemorative play and um, what is it burial at SeaWorld or cram like crematorium yeah, at SeaWorld burial at SeaWorld it's just like feeding a fucking <laughs> a fucking uh, slipper to the to like a massive whale before this podcast you was just like have you got a good relationship with your granddad and I was just like well one of them's dead so like since, since the Ouija board stopped working like not very good with him but like he he was very dark with his humor sometimes, and one of the, he always used to say, um, "Don't spend anything on my funeral; just chuck me out in the bins." Yeah. Um, to which, because I, I spoke at his funeral and I said, "I don't know why we're all here because bin day's tomorrow." Um, <laughs> <laughs> How did that go down? Uh, it I had to kind of like explain myself <laughs> a little bit after, but it, it it got a laugh. I think I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> but he you know it's it, it, it the thing the thing is you you do get to this age where you just kind of like you know it's inevitable and it's going to happen so you may as well just have a bit of fun with it like there was a um, obviously I work in bereavement as well um, and the thing is people like we're as a society we don't really talk about death that much and we don't really, you know, make as much jokes and stuff like that. And, like, I remember once we were talking about, you know, like, there must have been an advert or something like that. And my granddad was just like, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to death. Like, I don't want to die. But, you know, it's I've, I've done everything what I want to do. I've seen everything I want to see. It's the last big ad adventure what I'll be able to go on. Like, and it's just a really, like, sound thought kind of thing. Like, uh, you know, um... But like this, I remember this funeral home in Australia got into quite a lot of shit because they had an ad campaign saying, "I want to make, uh, let's put the fun back in funeral." And uh, it was there was like there was surfing, 
uh, but with a coffin board. <laughs> like <a> coffin <laughs> and stuff like that. And they got him to learn oh, the shit. That would fit right into this episode. Yeah, That's perfect. Exactly. Gramps, um, he's busy. You know, he's he's not too good, and they really get the sadness of him. He even says like, "Eh, this junk was hardly worth getting up for." Maybe if I go back to sleep for a few days, some good mail will build up. His days are being frittered away there, but he gets some one last letter there with a fighting hellfish insignia on him. It says Asa Phelps has died, and <gasps> this spikes up Grandpa's idea. The seventh hellfish has died. I'm ever so closer to the bonanza now. Now, um, straight away, Cal, I'll just say that hellfish logo is fucking brilliant. Like, yeah. I've always wanted to get a T-shirt of that, and I'm sure I will someday, Matt. But yeah, this is where it really kicks up, does the story. Definitely, yeah. Um, yeah, the logo itself is, is fantastic. Um, it kind of... This, this is when we start getting into the big meat of the actual episode. Um, you know, it's 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 the, it's the classic uh, screenwriting thing of, you know, show, don't tell. You don't hear much about Acer. Um but it, you know, it it, it built. It, it's just good in building the intrigue and kind of, you know, we know he's a veteran. What else is there to learn? And I'm sure we'll find out. He goes to Asa Phelps's funeral, which seems to be just attended by Abe himself. But we just see a figure emerge there in this rainy day, and it's uh, C. Montgomery Burns himself, and they give each other a little no nod and they pull out these keys. But whilst they're doing that, did you catch any of Lovejoy's um, eulogy? I, what a boring I, life folks led <laughs> I didn't hear I, I've, I, I'll i be honest mate it's been a couple of hours since I've watched the episode but do you, do you have it at hand how boring he it is? lived in Springfield all the time oh, yeah. from service World War 2 and a day trip in elementary school <laughs> he then went on to be a, at a bracing factory as a molders boy until he was replaced by a machine and then he died <laughs> like I feel like it's well, I've got nothing to live for now. Machines took my job, and I hope it's not suicide. But it's just like, oh, boring, poor old man. Lovejoy's done with the usual. He pulls off in his car there, and it's just left between Burns and Abe there. And they, with this bit of shrubbery there, we see the Hellfish insignia in amongst this uh, big statue there. And they put the keys in, twist it, and uh, Abe does the honors. He goes into this little box, and he ticks off Asa Phelps's name. And only Abe and Monty's name is on there now. And Monty even says, you know, as soon as you're in your cold old coffin there, I'll finally get the bonanza. Well, Simpson, seven gone. As soon as you're in your pressboard coffin, I'll be the sole survivor and the treasure will be mine. Over my dead body it will. That's exactly the point. Oh, Simpson, can't you go five seconds without humiliating yourself? How long was that? This is where it gets... It's not silly, but I love it. It just gets very comical. And <laughs> What happens, Cal, with poor Abe? Uh, his trousers fall down. Um, that, that, uh, sorry, before I go into it a little bit further. That delivery, how he says it, it's like... That's the point! It, it, it's, it's such good... It's, it's just such good delivery of just like... What the fuck are you on about, your old buffoon? Um, his trousers fall down. Uh, Monty goes, um, can you not go five seconds? Oh, before he goes... Before, it's before, doesn't it? He goes, can't you not go five seconds uh, without embarrassing yourself? To which um, his trousers then fall down. He goes, how long was that? <laughs> which With a lovely boing sound yeah. effect right from a 60s <laughs> carry-on film. It's amazing. It's... Uh, it's it is four seconds as well. <laughs> oh, it is four it? seconds. Yeah. So no, we, he couldn't. <laughs> no. To which he goes, "I'm, you know, we may, uh, Monty, you know, ever the gentleman, explains how he, um, you know, he, he they made a, a gentleman's agreement and they're going to stick by it." Um, to which he goes into the car and says, "He wants that man killed." <laughs> and then the trousers ping off again <laughs> as he drives by. Oh, he can't win. But that's how we end the first act. We're roaring into the second now. And Burns is pot and he's in his big office now. And he's trying to look for something. But he's trying to look for assassins in particular. But Smithers says, well, he's at that age now. Surely nature will assassinate himself. But no, Burns is a man of time there. He just can't get that bonanza without his key. So, ah, he goes for Fernando Vidal, the world's most devious assassin cow. See, I because he says something. He goes, um, 
he introduced himself as CM, didn't he, before? Yes. Um, do you know of the guy? He anything about the guy? He says. He, he oh, Marion Barry. Yeah. Um, instead of MB, Montgomery even. Burns. Yeah. Um, I don't. I'm going to assume maybe he's, he's a politician. Yeah, I looked very briefly into him. He he just looks like a politician. Uh, from the. Uh, from the nineties and such like that, who had quite a lot to do about uh, with cocaine. Um, I don't know. I should have really researched him more. Um, I shouldn't have really let in, really, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> making you think I know my shit. But no. Burns ends up faxing over um, Abe's identity to Fernando there, and you know he's even enjoying a bit of Del Monte, but that's surely to be his last there as he burns up the phone with a cigarette there and um. Folks, um, we had a little bit of discussion beforehand, and we both agreed that these um, this whole sequence here is uh, our mutual favourite part of the episode. Yeah, you know, we've got a few specifics in that, but um, how do we start with these assassination attempts, Cal? Oh, he tries. It goes to poison him. Oh yeah, he poisons his water for his teeth, um, to which. When when he wakes up, throws his teeth at the wall, much like how I wake up on, on most mornings. <laughs> throws shit into the wall and then puts his uh, phone, no, not his phone, his um, alarm clock into his mouth. It's oh, uh, more clever than he looks. Exactly. The second one is you get. Sh- this is this is my favourite where the nurse says, "Oh, Abe Simpson, your family's here." Oh, oh diggity! Yeah. Oh, my family's here. Abraham Simpson, your family is here to visit you. Hot diggity, my family's come to visit me. It, wait a minute. My family never comes to visit. Ah! Oh, not again. I can't take much more of your blundering numbskullery. I'll be in the car, dudes. Wait a minute. They never visit. Ah, and just... The quickness on him for like an octogenarian, bam, he's straight down into a dolphin dive. He misses a dagger. And, oh, just the Poundland outfits on um, Burns and his cohorts there. Um, who's I, your favourite? What's your favourite costume there? Smithers. Really? Yes. Oh, it's, 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 Burns it, for me, just because he's just ridiculous in drag. He can yeah, drag but yeah, Burns does look fantastic. However, it's just it's the Smithers delivery of that. I'm going to wait in the car, dudes. <laughs> Just nonchalantly going by. Um, then the second one, is, the third one, sorry, is my probably my favourite. You know, the fed up of it, fed up of just waiting round and and. Well, they're uh, gonna have a plan, Cal, like a well game, uh, well played game of chess. There, they've got to be intricate and subtle. There is one more way to kill a man, but it is as intricate and precise as a well played game of chess. Was that me or was that you? Someone's trying to kill me! Okay, we'll do something about that right away. Let's start by doubling your medication. Our residents are trying to nap! They go straight in with a machine gun. Um, and it's just this bit where the, where Abe runs to the nurse and goes, "Oh, someone's trying to kill me." He goes, "Oh, okay. Well, we'll, we'll first thing we'll do to help is uh, up your medication." To which she comes in, starts shoots down the fucking booth. To which the nurse, very much like Nurse Cratchit, gets a shotgun and starts shooting. He goes, oh, "Residents are trying to sleep." Which yeah, she's packing the heat. Yeah. Good honour for protecting the folks. <laughs> fantastic now at this point um i think this is a merging of uh two franchises from itself because it's got the um the big heist and capers of uh indiana jones there mm. which which is fair enough with the bonanza and all that the tom team what have you i don't know about you but it also made me think of wallace and gromit as far as like the yeah. ludicrous action there abe getting into all these hijinks and bart being in the gromit role of Oh, you know, rolling his eyes a bit and having to help him out there, but it's like there's fun and there's heart there. I mean, am I going mad or do you see these bits as well now? Thinking about it, yeah, I kind of get it. It's uh, what you, you know, 
what you're trying to what you're seeing is um very much like that penguin of the chicken oh feathers McGraw yeah absolutely. I, I, I understand what you're getting I think I think actually second to the um, the assassination attempt of the uh, when, when they're actually in a residential home there's a little bit uh, coming up where Abe Abe decides to go home uh, go to the Simpsons uh, house the family house um, to which he knocks on the door <laughs> saying help me someone's trying to kill me to which Homer straight away says like who is it <laughs> <laughs> like it happens on an almost daily basis maybe um, they accept Abe into the house um, and decide that you know he should stay with the family um, however he's not going to be staying in the parents home or that room not it, not it, not it. It turns out it's part. Fortunately, the crooks of this. Well, he uh, says dumpster, and then we get the nice cut to a dumpster, and then yeah. <laughs> the back out and bars. <laughs> sighing like, damn it. So we begin to hear the backstory of the uh, Hell's Angels. Uh, the Hell's Angels, the Hell. Is it Hellfire Fish? The Flying Hellfish. Fly, flying Hellfish, sorry. Back then, I was known as Sergeant Simpson. And I commanded the Flying Hellfish, the fightingest squad in the fightingest company in the 3rd fightingest Battalion of the Army. And we were all from Springfield. There was Police Chief Wiggum's father, Iggy Wiggum. Um, if anybody finds a grenade without a pin, that's mine. Our radio man, Sheldon Skinner. All right, very funny. Well, I didn't join the service to make friends. And watching our backs was Private Fifth Class Arnie Gumbo. To which Bart kind of just knocks off as this another bullshit story, or grandparents tend to say, um, you know, very much the A-team type thing and stuff like that. However, we were very gull- gullible, arguably stupid, to uh, believe everything what you know our seniors said to us. And then Monty decides to crash straight through the wall well, sick of the well bottom. before that um, Cal it's not just wrinkly gibberish we get a great flashback to uh, the Ardennes right at the end of the second world war and we get to see Abe Simpson in his prime there you know leading his um, leading his troops out there into battle and we get a nice uh, mix of folks don't we? we get to see the granddads of Springfield that we've never seen before there you know yeah see, back I, in the I, we get Sheldon Skinner yeah. uh, Arnie Gumble belching so loud the tank reverberates Iggy Wiggum uh, one of my favourite bits just um, if anyone's got a grenade without a pin in it's mine and bang the fucking backpack goes see I thought this bit I'm, I must be remembering it wrong then because I thought he doesn't believe him at first and then that's when he starts when Monty comes through the wall uh, but yeah no so you see the Seymour, the Seymour one's always been up up as you know with, with Armin Tanzarian whether or not it's it's, you know, it is actually uh, Skinner's dad. I assume, I guess, being his age. Um, but I think, I think that episode just, in total has been retconned, hasn't it? Yeah, Bart kind of still thinking it's kind of bullshit. Being that, how come the most powerful person in Springfield uh, was was a private, yet you were a, a general? Um, to which he goes, "What do you remember? Why he got?" Uh, knocked down a few ranches. Uh, I think it was he, like he interfered with J. Edgar Hoover, and we got stuck with him. I never got the full reference. Yeah. But I know Hoover's. I think he was one of the presidents, wasn't he? No, I've, oh, he is. Is he? Oh, I'm thinking, who who created the FBI or CIA or one of them? Maybe. Is it Hoover? Oh, I, 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 I don't Eisenhower. know. I don't know. I'm drunk. We should have really researched more. Yeah. This episode before this, did. Hoover's definitely yeah. Hoover's the president. Um probably people screen out Eisenhower I'll have to google it well we have um, we even have a little not quite homage to Sniper Elite and those games but Abe's about to you know assassinate Hitler and Burns finds this good time to play a bit of racquetball and a bit of tennis and fucks with uh, Abe's sights and he just tips his cap there and when you know it's just Burns has just been an absolute shit throughout this whole um, war but they've stormed uh, a German castle there in the last few days of the Dime War. Well, if you say Burns life, why does he want to kill you? It was the closing days of the war. We had just flushed some Germans out of an abandoned castle. 
Ernie! Ernie found some pictures! Wait a minute. We ain't supposed to steal from civilians. You want me to report you to Commander Flanders? Just leave them, Bernsey. Leave them for whom? The Germans? The folks who shoot at us all day? Let's just take them. We'll all be rich, rich as Nazis. Whoa! Think of what a guy could get himself with that kind of scratch. Yeah. I could buy chicken dinners three times a day. Uh, I could buy a brand new Studebaker with, with a fan on the dashboard. I could buy my way into high uh. society. Well, I don't feel right about it, but I could use a nest egg for retirement. I'd hate to wind up in one of them old folks' homes. Then it's agreed. Of course, we can't sell the paintings now. We'd be caught. How many of you are familiar with the concept of a tontine? All right, Ox. Why don't you take us through it? Uh, essentially, we all enter into a contract whereby the last surviving participant becomes the sole possessor of all them pretty pictures. Well put, Oxford. Now, remember, you can't all sign with an X. So they come up with the idea of a tontine. And this is where I found out what a tontine was as well, Cal. Mm. I don't know about yourself. I know, we used to do them all the time in school. <laughs> To be fair, I do kind of have one with one of my mates uh, from secondary school. It's an ongoing bet where neither of us can kind of really win. Well, or I can't win the money, really. Um, it's whether or not World War Three will actually happen. We've had it ongoing for ages for a £5 bet to the equivalent of... or the equivalent currency plus um, exchange... not exchange rates, uh, inflection and such like that from the year of 2009 I say World War 3 is never going to happen because it's it's a stink measure in it because it'll have to be fought with nuclear arms so as my mate says eventually it will so anytime anything pops up and it kind of looks like World War 3 is going to happen he always tags me but we've got to have it wrote into our wills that if he dies and World War 3 has not happened then he has to give either me or my family if I pre uh, uh, sorry no it would be me um the equivalent of five pound in whatever currency. If it does happen in our lifetime, then I have to give him five pounds. <laughs> oh well, so this is genuinely in your will written. Yeah, well, I don't That's have a incredible will. But it, it, it will be uh, Rowan, but he's got it in writing as well, and we have to remind each other every every year or whatever. Um, but yeah, um, he asks the, the most dumbfounded of the. Uh, of the uh, flying hellfish puts his hands up to which he describes it perfectly of what a tontaine is whoever's the last one standing will get the birdie pictures burns with a very sinister line as well now come on everyone you can't uh, not everyone can sign with an X there and it's sealed and it's been sealed ever since there you know Ox was the first to go he got a hernia carrying all the loot out of the castle and then everyone else went and now it's just Burns and him there and they're gonna, you know, grab the keys there and make off with the fortune. You know, that's what Burns' plan's gonna do anyway, whether he kills him or not. But Bart doesn't believe him, goes back to sleep. Gramps is very forlorn, saying, Oh, my son thinks I'm a liar. As you were saying, Cal, bam! Burns just bursts through the wall there. Now, at the time I initially watched this, like, I think, well, this is my second memory of it anyway, I was really into Metal Gear Solid, had like from two to four on ps2 and three when i watch this and i have good memory of it i swear this was a metal gear in my little head like one of the main um things just because of how burns looked in the shadow and this big metal thing um intimidating uh this this uh former war veteran so it gave me a lot of metal gear vibes um, when i was uh, a lot younger there ptsd but burns is that, that's it um that goddamn um what parasite ghost there would read your memory cards still playing me today <laughs> but he's burst through does Monty Burns and he wants his key doesn't he Cal he does to which he gives it straight away because <laughs> um, it's not worth fighting anymore but realising that maybe what he was saying was true um, decides to try and join Burns to which he goes well no the child label laws uh, people have been watching me like a hawk so he throws him off Kicks him down, yeah. Uh, with with Monty's try, you know, with Burns's trying to escape quickly and not disturbing any of the family, goes straight into Lisa's room. 
Another great bit. Which is, it, it kind of works, you know, it's just hilarious. It's just like, okay, oh, sorry, little girl. Uh, get back to sleep now. And she's just like, Santa? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Burns decides to leave, um, thinking that Bart, you know, that Abe's chances of getting the lost artwork, which actually looking into it, um, is actually a lot of the artwork is actually based off real lost paintings and stuff like that. Oh, are they? Um, yeah, the the reference the animators referenced the book of lost art for the designs. Also, going back on the uh, what was the guy's called the Jager Hoover? No, not Hoover, the other one. But uh, when he calls the assassin. Oh, Fernando Vidal, yes. No, uh... uh, uh Marion Barry. Yes. It's, it. it's in reference to his drug addiction. Oh, that makes all sense there. Abe thinks, you know, things have, have gone to array and, have, and have, you know, they're not going to be able to win the paintings back or anything like that. However, what what's happened? Bart's been a cunning little sod. He's whipped the keys out of Burns' pocket there and... Abe's over the moon, but he's still reminiscent. Oh, well, either way, Burns will find some way to slither his way in. But Bart, well, I mean, like in any sort of courageous Spielberg kind of role, just, no, you've got to, you know, get down you there. You know, the General Simpson there would be ashamed of that. You've got to do it for Griff and Asa and Ox and Burnsy. Well, not so much Burnsy. <laughs> but this spurs him on, and, oh, I love it, Cal. Just, again, I've. I love my granddad and just seeing a lot of this camaraderie and heart there it yeah. you know, puts me in a good mood each time I watch it and that's almost how we end the second act the boys launching <laughs> off into the night getting the bonanza but not quite <laughs> they bump into Homer where are you two going at this hour? on a treasure hunt oh can I come? only if you're ready to stare danger in the face put your manhood to the ultimate test and take yes we're now into the final act as um, the boys are heading over to Springfield Cemetery you know, to dig up the goods and to find out exactly where it is. And Bart just says, oh, you know, um, do you think all your dead buddies, you know, get up at night? Well, if they're like me, they usually have to get up twice. They end up reaching the tomb there. And um, Abe merely explains that I know what I'm doing is bending the rules there, but I know none of you want that, you know, slime ball burns to get it there. And hey, um, you know, when we all die, you can visit me in rich man's heaven. <laughs> Not live with him, you know, he's still... Oh no, just... <laughs> Every weekend of that, just come and pop along there from uh, elitism. But whilst um, Bart's looking for some Scooby here, Grandpa's just fucking stealing Flanders' boat there. Like, Homer's very much his son, and he, he, that's how we got that behaviour. And he goes, oh, do you know anything about boat safety? No. Do you know anything about driving a boat? No. Oh, what's it for then? Oh, it's a secret. Ooh, okay. Kids, we're being boat naps. Let's get what? Let's get the sleeping bags. Ah, oh, Jesus. Let's go and uh, sleep on the on the boat. Uh, Hoover, J. Edgar Hoover, uh, created the FBI, and he was. Oh, sweet. They thought he was a cross dresser as well, because um, he was sec- uh, very secretly gay. Um, also, in regards to Flanders, um, it's not the first mention that we do have of Flanders um, in the house uh, when they when they first decide to find uh, when they first find the art. Yeah, they're going to report them to Commander Flanders. This is what I like about Flanders. You know, he's just you know obviously he's he's a bit of my spirit animal. Um, one day I do I do hope to be as thick as as Ned. Um, but he, you know, straight away, just happy to help people, regardless. You know, he's getting <laughs> getting his boat stolen. You know, kids, we got. It's like that time when it when they re, they get realised they've been robbed at Christmas. We're gonna have an imagination Christmas this year, yay! I've got a pogo stick. I've got a hula hoop. <laughs> the boys use the keys and they turn the dial, and it's you know, it's very Indiana Jones there. This torch comes out of the hellfish statue. I, and it looks over past the cemetery, past the land. And it turns out it's in the sea, as they say a doe in unison there. And they venture out onto the boat there, to the lit up part of the sea. And they've all got the gear on. Um, Kind of a 
purposefully stupid but quite sadistic um, system as far as safety car. Yeah, definitely. I think it's always, you know, we you, you've always kind of wanted to have this kind of adventure and stuff like that, and like you know, the, the animation in 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 how when when the light first gets switched on and there's quite a lot of shaking, and you know, the, as well as with the music of um, you know, in awe of where it's going to point and such like that. It's it's all just this last act is possibly one of the, it. it, it I don't see. They're all they're all very different. The first three acts, uh, well, the first three acts, all uh, all three acts in regards to like art style almost and such like that. It definitely there's a there's a bit later on which when we get to it, it's very beautifully framed. It's very beautifully drawn, um, and I love love the color textures and such like that when we eventually get to it. Um, it's you know it, it's it's this. It, this is good. <laughs> Grandpa's sadistic system is, you know, 63 times yeah. if you've run out of there, 64 if you've found it. And nice sweet moment here. Hey, Grandpa, do you think I could have been a flying hellfish? You're a gutsy daredevil with a give em hell attitude and a fourth grade education. You could have made sergeant. As he dives down deep into the depths there, and he's just busy searching around for it, what have you. And then he ends up finding. The Bonanza in a big, uh, big steel box there, and is busy tugging at the rope and reaches sixty-three. Uh, Grandpa is just absolutely beside himself. I sent my son to a watery grave, and then just switches very much <laughs> like you were saying, like a Grandpa Joe. Sixty-four. I'm a rich man. It's... Oh, and yes, this I'm guessing this is where um, what you thought was beautiful and you know well directed and that just the yeah. colours of the seeing the light and it's brilliant it is it is exactly that it's when when the light goes out and if do you think maybe the uh the light's actually burnt out itself and obviously it's an old, an old relic kind of thing but lights up a flare and it's very beautifully shot you see burns in the background he wasn't he wasn't giving up on it yet he, he let them do all the legwork and but to get the art um at gunpoint decides to steal the art and hurt the boy to which probably one of my favorite quick jabs of uh mr burns because oh you know don't uh, don't hurt the boy just take the art and he goes well i'd rather do both sigh of relief kick straight into the case yeah this is where it properly ramps up this is genuine villainy there i mean it gets me every time i just think you no good fucker that he's just gonna kill a child and um, one of the Again, one of the first one or two times watching this a lot younger, I generally just thought Bart was in peril there because you get to it cuts into the side of the box and it's slowly filling up there and it's just no music's getting played. You just hear the tranquilness of the sea there and it's really haunting now. It's just it's amazing, Carl. It just really ramps yeah. up. You coward! You're an embarrassment to the name Hellfish. Who am I? No, look. Take the art if you want. Just don't hurt the boy. Hmm. I'd rather do both. We get to see Abe come back into the action hero to the fightness, proud war soldier that he was in the past there. And he swims down and gets Bart there, manages to break him out. And, you know, are you okay, boy? Yeah. Well, let's go get that treasure. And they're back on it now, Cal. And it's, yeah, it's, again, it's really well done, really well directed. We get, um, Burns is, uh, you know, getting chased now. And he says, They're gaining on us, sir. We'll have to jettison something. It's been an honor to serve you, sir. Now, thankfully, I usually say, like, oh, I like this, but, you know, other podcasters and critics didn't like this scene. A silly as this is and like I said as Walsh and Gromit as it is of um, Abe harpooning the boat and skiing in his cream slip-ons and that um, it's just wonderful Cal. No, I've not heard anyone complain about it even no. though it is very silly very ludicrous action there. it's just brilliant Abe being this octogenarian action hero in his um, slippers as he takes down Burns it's really fun yeah good family stuff yeah it is fantastic it kind of shows you know it it's just it's just overall like a, a a good quick end you know 
ending kind of thing. Eventually, they end up crashing on the beach, um, to which Abe decides to dishonorably discharge uh, Monty. <laughs> to which he goes, don't kill me, because I'm not going to kill you. Uh, I just want to see you square because, okay, is this to your liking, sir? And starts going, uh, uh. Don't kill me. I ain't going to kill you. That'd be cowardly. Monty Burns cowardly. I just want to watch you squirm. Yes, sir. Is this to your liking? No. Now, Burnsy, there's one thing we don't stand for in the Hellfish, and that's trying to kill your commanding officer. So consider this your dishonorable discharge. You're out of my unit, you're out of the tontine, and that means the paintings are mine. Private, you are dismissed. They've got the paintings now. Abe's going to be a million slash billionaire cow. But not quite, because some people show up, don't they? Yeah, the uh, Fed, uh, Federate, Federio Bureau of Art or something like that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. The FBA. Um, the FBA, to which they're uh, decide, uh, decide to give it to the rightful heir, who's a, some yuppie from German who listens to... This Euro-trash yuppie, yeah. Baron one Wurzenberger, on behalf of the American people, I apologize for... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mag schnell mit the art things, huh? I must get back to Dan Centrum in Stuttgart in time to see Kraftwerk. Hey, Undumkov, watch out for the CD changer in my trunk, huh? Idiot. She deserves it more than I do. Go on, put them in mine, you know, Mercedes. I'm going to miss the craft work. Watch the CD player. The disc witcher. Don't cough. Oh, yeah, like, he's just every kind of 90s German stereotype there. I'm surprised, like, he wasn't full blonde mullet like a centre-back back in the day. It's a shame we didn't, we never saw him again, because I just, <laughs> I just like the design of him and just how, like, done he is with uh, all these Americans. He drives off with the paintings now, but... You know, the boys are happy, you know, they may not be rich, but they're rich in story. I got to see my granddad, you know, become the fine hellfish one again. And it's a lovely ending, and they end with a warm embrace and hug, and it's all nice there. It's a lovely colour of the early morning, and the German comes back and ruins it, doesn't he? He does. <laughs> what does he say? I was going to say he says gay, but he doesn't. Hey, fun boys, oh, get yeah. the room. <laughs> But again, just looks worried like, oh, oh no. At least I got to show you I wasn't always a pathetic old kook. You never were, Grandpa. Oh, I'd hug you, but I know you'd just get embarrassed. I won't get embarrassed. I don't care who knows I love my Grandpa. Hey, fun boys, get the room. <laughs> That's how we end this um, truly stellar episode, Cal. And I'll ask you, please, for your final thoughts. I'm guessing they're as riveting as I think mine are as well. And your uh, unique rating, please. Yeah, it's it's just overall a fantastic episode. As I was saying at the beginning, um, it doesn't get as much as as much glory as it as it really deserves, in my opinion. You know, it's good character building. The only the only only thing I was thinking, especially, uh, and I wasn't thinking it when I was originally watching it, I was, it, uh, it was more so. Um, talking over it again with with your good self is you know obviously the running joke is burns is maybe 100 maybe 200 years old obviously this indicates that maybe he's around the same age as abe which they kind of i think they, they, they're more pushed towards in the earlier seasons especially um uh like the one where where they try and marry uh mrs bouvier um but yeah this episode itself is fantastic it, it goes from point uh, pillar to point um you know there's not my you know, my main gripe with any uh, Simpsons episode is whether or not firstly the first act interacts well with the uh, with the final act as well as if they naturally kind of develop throughout the the episode and it's just, it's fantastically paced you know there's not a bit in this episode where i felt bored or or, or you know um just just i i didn't enjoy it. i think the animation's fantastic overall i'd have to give it i'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go full full front i'm gonna go five uh uh missing nazi paintings out of five what about yourself? Yeah, beautifully put and i completely agree with everything it's perfectly paced the story's great hell this is a 
mini movie this could have been a concept for the simpsons movie it's that strong of an idea there there's nothing sagging with it i didn't find i didn't i can't find any kind of flaw with it like everyone's kind of character featured in this is done for the perfect amount of time no no one overstays the welcome there love the relationship between grandpa and bart there it's very heartwarming um we go on a nice journey there again i get to see a lot of parallels of action and comedy rolled into a perfect mix it is a perfect blend this is peak simpsons them at the true highest at the true most goldenest form and with that i'm saying i'm also going to give this five out of five um fun boys get ready to putt for your life and wear your wife's sunday best because we're going to season two with dead putting society don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star written review on iTunes. Check us out on Facebook, Uncle Mo's Family Feedback Podcast, and the same on Twitter as well, at TylerTMC, or search Uncle Mo's Family Feedback Podcast. Take care, folks. Come to Uncle Mo's for family fun. It's good, 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 good. Mmm, sounds good.